Hey, hey, welcome into the Paul Kuharski Podcast. I'm Paul Kuharski at paulkuharski.com. This is a production of 440 Sports, and I'm happy you're with us. We're sponsored by Jaspers. I've mentioned my name three times, as is the rule, and we can get on with things here. Today, we're going to talk about the conditioning talk that came out of the four players who the media spoke to earlier this week. Car chase, side hustles, win totals, and Will Levis. And with that, we'll charge right in. We spoke with Sean Murphy Bunting, uh, Aziz Al-Shair, uh, Traylon Burks, Daniel Brunskill this week um, as the Titans continue to make some players available to us uh, before we see some open OTA sessions. I'm grateful for that. Traylon Burks, clearly the biggest story um, out of out of this. He's, he's stuck around, you know, most guys or a good share of guys after the season's over and they take a little bit of time, they then have, uh, you know, a private trainer, even in Nashville, or if they go, uh, you know, to their other home um, and do some work on their own until, you know, February, March, or even until the OTAs open um, in April. But Burks came right back to Nashville and has worked at the Titans facility um, the entire time under the watch of Todd Torricelli, the uh, director of sports medicine, and Frank Perano, uh, the strength and conditioning uh, head coach, and and his staff. You know they can only do so much, but uh, guys are allowed to be there, and um, there's there's some level of supervision during that. He wants to uh, be familiar with the Nashville air and heat uh, in particular because he's got asthma and because we know he was um, dealing with, uh, with that and having difficulties with that when he got here last year after he was drafted and want to do everything he can to avoid that, um, which is a smart strategy. Now, it's not been hot. Uh, Nashville's only kind of gotten hot this week. So he's not gotten the full benefits of that, but the intention is clearly good. They need a huge year out of Traylon Burks. They've put unnecessary undue pressure on him as a singular wide receiver on this team by not getting a a secondary wide receiver for this team. We've covered it to no end. There wasn't anybody good enough uh, for the price in free agency. Um, and they ignored the position in the draft in favor of some other things, foolhardy by my estimation. This guy must be turned loose by Tim Kelly and this new offense. They underserved him and the offense last year by being so cautious with him. I understand he was a rookie, and they go easy with rookies, um, but they brought him in after trading A.J. Brown, and they needed more from him than they were willing to ask of him. Um, you know, understandable that he need to be eased in to a degree. Um, and then he had a toe issue, if I'm remembering correctly, and then a bad concussion on a touchdown catch, uh, which was obviously unfortunate. So he, he didn't play the full slate of 17 games, but he got – 4.9 targets a game in the 17 games that he did play, only three catches a game. The Titans traditionally in recent history have been unwilling to force feed a guy. It's all about matchups, et cetera, et cetera. He's going to get double teamed based on who else is on the field with him. 
but they're going to have to force feed this guy to a degree to have their best chance of success. Um, Burks and Chig uh, Aconquo are, are the two best guys on this offense as, as threats in the passing game. And they've got to um, work hard to get these guys the ball, to scheme it, to force it, and to make teams prove that they can stop these guys for the Titans to go to other places. They should get the lion's shares um, of the targets. So, again, his biggest thing was to to be around, um, and he talked about that with us um, on Tuesday. Mainly, man, uh, my biggest thing was not repeating on what I did last year coming into the offseason. And uh, I felt like that I've mastered that and uh, can keep going, um, getting better with uh, a lot of the formations and concepts of our new stuff and uh, just having fun, really. That's the main thing, just having fun, um, not having that stress on coming in as a rookie, like trying to prove this guy this, prove the coach this, just having fun, man. He's uh, fun is a word that's come up a lot. It's easy to talk about fun in May. You know, Vrabel talks a lot about a team showing its true character or character when times get tough. Um, you know, it's unlikely that the Titans uh, or any team doesn't face some degree of tough times along the way. Um, he didn't want to repeat last year. He's, he's mastered that. He said he could run fast because he can breathe well. Now, a looser Burks is better, right? You need no groin or whatever he had during the preseason, which was a, a little fishy and didn't turn into a big deal after he had like a misstep after a practice catch. The toe, the concussions, all encouraging for May. So, uh, you know, root like hell for Traylon Burks, maybe as important a guy as there is on this team, considering what there is opposite him and what there is, what there is not opposite him and what there is not behind him. Conditioning uh, was a big, big uh, theme out of uh, this conversation with these four guys, um, <clears throat> particularly beyond Burks, because um, we had four guys who were not here last year in Sean Murphy Bunting, in Aziz Al-Shair, and in Daniel Brunskill. So two guys from San Francisco, one guy from Tampa Bay who uh, talked and raved about how hard the Titans have been working uh, at this stage of the year in OTAs. And that's great. Uh, you know, well, you wouldn't want to hear the other side of it, that, that, uh, that they're not working this hard. But let's not get too excited about this at this stage of the year. Winning conditioning in May um, isn't winning games in September. And uh, it's rare these days to see a poorly conditioned NFL team, uh, right? It, come September. Um, you know, now sometimes you say that team is better up front and better equipped up front to push people around. You hope the Titans are one of those teams because that's what they're built for and that's what they should be doing. And you certainly hope they're laying some groundwork for that now uh, in May that can pay dividends in September. But let's not go crazy thinking that, uh, you know, winning the offseason um, and, and we don't know. You know, these guys said it's uh, uh, unlike what they've been a part of. Well, 
San Francisco and Tampa Bay are uh, two of 32 teams, 6% of the league. Um, they talked about becoming calloused, which sounds good, but we have to look at everything now through the injury lens also after the last two disastrous years of, of Titans injuries. So being calloused sounds good, but <clears> – <throat> I would imagine that Mike Vrabel thought they were calloused going into the last two years. And what were the benefits exactly of being calloused? It's more than Sean Murphy Bunting saw in Tampa Bay. It's more than El Shair and Brunskill saw in San Francisco. But, um, you know, that is not everything. Here's uh, Sean Murphy Bunting. Yeah, I've, I've enjoyed it. You know, we come out here, we work hard every day. We do a lot of things that other teams in the league aren't doing at this time. Uh, we're pushing sleds on Mondays. We're pushing. <laughs> we're doing things that's different, you know. But at the end of the day, you know, it's enjoyable. You know, you come out here and it, it feels like you're working for something. You know, it doesn't feel like you're just coming to a nine to five or coming to a job where you just show up, get your work, and you leave. It's like you want to be around. You want to be here, um, and you just want to work. You want to grind with the guys that are here with you because you know they're going through the same thing. So I enjoy it. You know, I do. Um, Wake up every day with a smile on my face. I get up early, 5.30 a.m. I got alarms. I don't always get up at 5.30, but but I open – no. Nah, I drank one time one time coffee, actually, the first day here, um, just so I can try out the new coffee maker because it was, it was pretty cool. But, yeah, I mean, I just – I wake up early. I don't really move. I just see my alarm, turn it off, and then I get up when, you know, it's necessary, and then I go about my day. But I enjoy, you know, coming to work every day. You know, those there's days where you complain, obviously, but – it's it's a more of a fun complaint than anything because everybody's going through it with you. So, Titans video arm of their website did a great job after Murphy Bunting talked about uh, pushing sleds. They clearly got clearance to uh, to put together a video of what they had from Monday's workout pushing videos and then push that out on their website and on socials. So we got a, a look at uh, at what that looked like. <clears throat> Pretty fun, competitive, kick-ass workout, pushing uh, weighted sleds around the practice bubble. Um, so that was pretty cool. Um, you know, he says it's more than a lot of teams are doing. Again, uh, he's been in Tampa Bay. Maybe he's surveying some of his friends uh, to expand that more than a lot of teams are doing. Um, you should want them doing a lot more than other teams are doing. But again, I'll emphasize where, where they need to do more than other teams are doing is on the scoreboard in September. Um, and, and that's the biggest concern. Uh, good, hard, he said, but um, hurting, but feeling good about hurting. Anybody that's worked out to any degree kind of can relate on a small, small level to that concept. Here's uh, Aziz Al-Shair. Sean kind of put it uh, in the best perspective. It's just, it's different. It's different than anything I've done. Uh, I can't even really compare it to college, um, but I feel like maybe in the sense of like just the workload, it kind of reminds you a little bit of how you are like as a freshman coming into college and you're like, what the hell is going on? You know, they got you doing 5 a.m. workouts. This is in college, obviously, but it's just like, Things that usually you get to the pros and it's a lot more like, hey, man, we're going to make sure we keep you healthy, you know, strength staff and stuff like that. Their biggest thing is like, you know, the head coach gave the strength staff the keys to the car. Don't crash the car. Like, make sure the car makes it. So, you know, I, and I know I, I understand that because you're dealing with guys, you know, even you 
you know, Sean just talked about playing with Tom Brady. He's old enough, you know, to be some people's dad. So it's like you have to adjust. But I know, like, we're doing the sleds, and I'm seeing Ryan, you know, who's 35, 36, whatever he is now. You know, he's played 12 years in his league, and he's doing the same thing I'm doing, falling out on the floor, everything. I'm like, I'm seeing him come back in the locker room. I'm like, Ryan, I know you weren't doing what we were just doing. I'm like, yeah. So, I mean, it's just like a different mentality. And then, you know, you just understand – how it can translate and you're like, okay, dang, like I remember playing uh, in 2021 when we came here when I was in San Francisco on a Thursday night, half the roster was was down. Like, I mean, they don't think they had any office alignment. The very last office alignment on the team was up, who was from practice squad. And they still came in and beat, uh, we came here and they, and they had beat us. And you're just like, how? Like, well, this is how. Now I'm seeing it, being on the other side of it, uh, you get to experience like all the work that was put in to get to those Sundays, so. All the work that was put in to get to those Sundays. I think that's a striking comparison a little bit from a guy who was in San Francisco. I I don't think they're true finesse teams necessarily in the NFL anymore. But I think if you were scaling or grading NFL teams and you said who's the most finesse team in the league, not that there are not big physical elements to the San Francisco 49ers, but you might say San Francisco on the finesse end of the scale and, and the Titans would probably be top six in, in most physical. And so uh, uh, Al is getting kind of a, maybe a little flavor of, uh, of that difference for the first time. And his old 49ers teammate was kind of talking uh, Daniel Brunskill about the difference in the two philosophies about, not taking it easy so much. And he may kind of lean towards talking like that, but, but the idea of not going too hard in the spring for fear of injuries, which is something the Titans damn well should be afraid of um, versus this idea of working hard to get calloused um, so that things later are less likely to hurt you than they are now. I mean, every team has a different philosophy. Um, some teams, you know, they like to keep, you know, make sure guys aren't getting injured. They're kind of just doing enough to like where guys, you know, are in shape and able to do the things that they can. And then, they, you know, there's some teams, um, I mean, Vrabel's got, you heard Aziz talk about callous. I mean, there's definitely a philosophy of, you know, sometimes doing not enough to stay healthy is good to a certain point, but then you start get going and then you see injuries happening that way. Um, there's, there's another philosophy where, you know, you work super hard and you kind of build that callus. So then, you know, those things don't hurt as bad. And then, you know, you don't get those same injuries that you would because you weren't doing enough kind of thing. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's just different philosophies. Um, I mean, I think either, either of them really work. It's just kind of the point where it's like, um, what is the team doing? And then this team is a, a run the ball team, um, a play hard defense team. And then, you know, we're going to take our shots down the field. We got playmakers at the receiver position that if we can get them in some space um, and use the run game to do that a little bit, we can make big plays. So, I mean, this is more of a team that probably needs that callus because, you know, we're going to be playing grinded out football. And then, you know, it, it's kind of one of those things where it's like, you know, tough football rather than, you know, we're spreading it out and, you know, guys are kind of getting a little bit more finesse-like. So I think with the team that we are, it's a really good thing to have the conditioning and have that callus to be able to go longer than the other team. So all of this, to hear all of these guys talk about the the conditioning and how hard this team is working at this time, kind of led me to an obvious question. You know, 
Are they doing things differently than they have been doing things under Vrabel to this point in May? Um, or is this largely three new guys kind of uh, revealing to us their feelings about coming into a, to a new program and uh, kind of getting a bucket of cold water in the face with regard to how this team's doing things compared to where they were? I asked around about that, and what I got was this. No difference, just different. So uh, I take from that that, um, you know, this is what Vrabel and, uh, and his strength and conditioning department has been asking of his players. They're just asking it uh, or shaping it a little bit differently or maybe a lot of it differently, but uh, same goals, same intensity, same um, end point, but um, maybe looking to get there with some different methods, uh, mixing things up in, in a different way and the like. So interesting in May, ultimately, uh, you want these guys fit for minicamp coming up in June. You want them fit at the start of training camp uh, in late July. And you want them to stay healthy, uh, which has been a huge issue for this team for the last two years. And the big question is, is, is that going to change? And is anything about this just different element going to help that. Hey, a note about this podcast. Um, so the company I was connected to way back that served as a, a, a platform where everything stacked on top of each other has, uh, has, has shut down. I'm with 440 now, but they had kind of picked that up. So outside of being able to pick up Apple, um, we've had to kind of restart with the other platforms, Spotify and on and on. So if you listen to this on Spotify or Google Podcasts or Stitcher or any of those, I need you to resubscribe. And if you resubscribe one time, we'll pick back up where you left off and, and you'll get your notifications or whatever you're set up to get. But um, you're... Uh, you're going to have to do that one more time for me and for you uh, for things to behave as you're used to. So I'm sorry for the inconvenience and the ask, but uh, hopefully it'll be the, la the last time. So if you could do me that solid, resubscribe. Um, and uh, maybe you got to that through this post or a, a link, um, but However you got there, you're at the new place now because this is not at the old place. So from the new place, now if you subscribe, you'll be hooked up the way you were previously and everything will be smooth going forward. I appreciate you uh, going along with us on that. This podcast is brought to you, as you can see, if you're watching on YouTube, where we have a big audience up uh, over my left shoulder, Jaspers which is at 1918 West End, just off of 40, a great bar and restaurant, um, kind of a hassle-free, easy place to grab a drink, grab a meal, have a business lunch or dinner, have a date night, go out with the boys or ladies, with, uh, with your friends. Um, good menu, good drinks, reasonable prices. You can park for free, which is a very infrequent thing around downtown Nashville. 
you can head over to the game room and uh, play some pop a shot or shuffleboard or other stuff. Also free. Uh, big games on a big TV. It's uh, it's just a delightful place. I can't recommend it highly enough. If you're unable to to stop and head in for all that good stuff, there's a grab and go market that uh, can serve your needs as you uh, head home for the evening and look to uh, fill your belly or take care of your family. So uh, I urge you to stop by Jasper's. They're being really good to me. I hope we collectively can be really good to them. Check them out. Jasper's 1918 West End Avenue. Will Levis, a quick couple words on um, the rookie second-round quarterback who we saw, those of us in the media, and you who saw some highlights um, at uh, rookie minicamp over the weekend. He made some nice plays, one on Friday that we saw on video where he rolled out. Um, I think it was seven on seven. There was no pressure in his face, you know, went through a couple reads, rolled out, made a, a very precise throw up the right side, uh, right, right to a receiver. Um, then on, uh, on Saturday at the open session that the media were at, um, you know, looked very good on his feet in the agility, agility drills that were on the record, uh, off the record play that he made to end practice that we, we talked to him about and to Josh Wiley, the tight end that he threw to, and to Mike Vrabel, um, a really pretty throw that uh, Wiley was able to go get in traffic. But this was kind of, uh, as I wrote at paulkuharski.com, uh, kind of the typical cautionary rookie mini camp play. You know, it looked really good there. But he's making it against a defense that includes zero draft picks. And Mike Vrabel said, you know, I would tell him, hey, when the veterans are here, you're probably not going to want to make that throw. It's probably not going to find its way through the team meeting that you threw it into to be completed there. So, um, again, you know, initial impression the first time we see him. Don't go crazy over a couple of videos. Certainly, you know, we saw the quick release. Um, you know, that snap of the wrist, that's, it's very impressive. He moves well. Um, he was entertaining in his conversation with us. And, uh, you know, right now he's everything that they hope he would be. But we haven't seen him under any kind of pressure or against any kind of uh, quality defender to make any sort of real judgment. So, I mean, if you want to let yourself get all excited about two or three videos you saw, Go for it, but you know, no, be conscious of the context, is, is what I would say. Um, I want to talk about this car chase. This this really drove me crazy. I read about this on um well today. I'm taping this on uh on Thursday. So this happened yesterday. Uh, and I'm just gonna read a couple paragraphs of this story, which is driving me. Insane since I since I read it. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry involved in a near catastrophic car chase with paparazzi, rep says. Meghan Markle and Prince Harry were involved in a nearly catastrophic incident with their paparazzi on Tuesday night, their spokeswoman says, immediately drawing parallels to Princess Diana's death in 1997. The car chase happened after the Duchess of Sussex received an award in New York City. Meghan Markle's mother, Doria Raglan, was also in the vehicle. Several people uh, involved are speaking out to the media. 
Last night, the Duke and Duchess of Sussex and Mrs. Ragland, Ms. Ragland were involved in a near catastrophic car chase at the hands of a ring of highly aggressive paparazzi. The re this relentless pursuit lasting over two hours resulted in multiple near collisions involving other drivers on the road, pedestrians, and two New York Police Department officers, a representative for the couple said to Yahoo Entertainment. While being a public figure comes with a level of interest from the public, it should never come at the cost of anyone's safety. Listen, there's an easy way to address a car chase that's going on because of paparazzi in New York City, in London, anywhere. Pull over. Pull the fuck over. Okay? You don't want your picture taken so bad that you're going to risk dying when your mother died for the very same reason? Pull over. Let the authorities sort the thing out and drive away safely. Pull over and get out of your car and let them take some damn pictures. I can't pretend to know what that's like. None of us listening to this, I don't think can, but give me a break. You're going to risk the same sort of death that your mother suffered. Ugly, tragic, because you don't want your picture taken. I, I just don't understand it. You would engage in two hours and the uh, New York city authorities denied that it was two hours. Then they apparently like they took a taxi for a while. Then they pulled into a police station and they changed cars. And it's out of a movie. Just pull over, pull over and get it sorted out. Why do you have to be on the move during this? It's absolutely ridiculous. Is nobody connected to this smart enough to say what we should do here is exit, get onto a, a you know, small street, pull over, let these people pull over. They can take pictures of our car for a while while the police deal with this. Or, crazy, we can get out of the car, say, take pictures of us for 10 minutes and then leave us the F alone and then let us drive off. We'll make a deal with you. I, I just don't understand how this is possible in 2023, given what happened to his mom. How? Why? Stupid. Stupid. Stupider than leaving the royal family where you have a life made for you. Over-unders. I've got two for you looking at season totals, which I think is not an inappropriate thing to do now, given free agency and the draft are over, unless you listen to Mike Vrabel, who seems to think that there's going to be a wonderful wide receiver present himself to the Titans. Ravens. These are from DraftKings. Ravens are at 10.5. They play the AFC South, crappy division. I would think they probably win three games against the AFC South. They play the NFC East. Going to lose to the Eagles there, I think. Cowboys, Giants, Commanders, maybe go two and two. They play the Lions, the Chargers, and the Dolphins even if they go two and one there, if I'm going to give them three wins against the South, I'm going to give them two wins against the NFC East. That's five. I'm going to give them two wins against the Lions, the Chargers and the Dolphins, which I think is pretty generous. That's seven. Then the NFC North Pittsburgh is bad. I think Cleveland is completely unknown and Cincinnati is good. They would need to go four and two in the division in order to get to 11 wins. 
I just uh, I don't see it with Lamar's injuries that, uh, you know, I wouldn't be surprised to see crop up again. And with his delusion that he's going to throw for 6,000 yards, I know Monken should be an upgrade at offensive coordinator. And I do like the Ravens this year to be second in that division behind Cincinnati. But I think probably with with 10 wins. I, w- I would go under 10.5. I don't see 11 wins, even uh, even with Commanders, Giants, Titans, Colts, Jaguars, Texans, um, you know, the worst of the NFC, uh, AFC North. I-, I don't think it's good. I've got an over for you, though, here. And I think it's the Falcons. Falcons are eight and a half is their number. They play the AFC South. So we, we're familiar with how bad that division is. They play the AFC North. Um, no, sorry, the NFC North. So AFC South, NFC North. I'd give them four or five wins out of those eight. Um, and then they play the Commanders at home, and they're at the Jets and the Cardinals. I would give them two of those. And then in their division, which is not good. So I'm giving them four or five wins out of AFC South and NFC North. NFC South, they're going to win at least four games. So that's eight or nine. And Commanders, Jets, Cards, they're going to win two. So eight, nine, ten, they're at ten already. They could win ten games. And that's on the shy side. I think they could they could win eleven. I don't think uh, I'm not high on Desmond Ritter, but they've got some pretty damn good offensive weapons. I think they'll be able to run the ball um, with uh, with a great draft pick out of Texas. Bijan Robinson might be too high, but he's going to run it. Um, I think I think the Falcons out of a bad division are going to win some games. Read Mike Herndon this week at paulkuherski.com. He's got a too-early forecast of the Titans' 53-man roster, his projection. Does he find room for Malik Willis? A hint. And not a lot of quality at the back end of spots at a lot of positions, which is one of the big concerns about the 2023 Titans. Depth. Depth is poor. Do you have a side hustle? I'd like to hear if you have a side hustle. I'm not addicted to side hustles, though I would love to make a thousand or twenty five hundred bucks a month off a side hustle. I am addicted to side hustle videos on Instagram and on Facebook. They come on and they tell you, all you got to do is this, this, and this, and you'll be look. Here's the money I make per month, and. Here's look, here's six different receipts. I'm pulling that in six different places. And all I do is, you know, these three little tricks for affiliate marketing or for uh, I take some pictures and I put them online. For every click I get on those pictures, I get a dime and people are looking at my pictures like crazy. I'm fascinated by these videos. I don't go and do what the videos tell me to do. I do send myself some of these videos as if I'm going to go and do what some of these videos tell me to do. But these videos are like crack to me. 
I am very, very intrigued by how these people suck me in to talk about their formula. Some of them even have you click into the longer video where they really give you the sales pitch on how you need 40 bucks for their book on how to uh, do that. Also, AI videos. I watch a lot of videos about how AI is going to save my life and also make me obsolete. So I'm really excited about that. I'm going to have a mailbag uh, at the end of the week, as I always do. So I encourage you to um, send me a question at the private paulkuharski.com uh, Facebook page, which you can get to if you're a member of the site. You should be a member of the site, as you can see at the bottom of the video here. Or as I'm telling you, if you're just listening, $5.99 a month is a steal for the content you will get here at the site um, from me and from Mike Herndon. So I urge you to join. Try it out for a month. If you don't like it, you've wasted $6. It's the price of a, of a cocktail or a cup of coffee. I promise you it'll be worth it. You join the most intelligent community of Titans fans. You get in this Facebook group where we talk amongst ourselves. You might find a good ticket deal there. Get a 5% off uh, anything you buy at Tennessee Tickets. So Titans tickets, uh, cheaper for primo seats. But also if you're going to, to big concerts in Music City, um, that can add up to big savings if you go to a couple of shows. So I urge you to do that. And uh, we'd love to have you over here. In the meantime, um, until I see you again, I can't urge you enough to uh, don't block the box and please, please lock your box.